Would you be interested in fighting Apollo Creed for the World Heavyweight Championship? No. Listen, Rocky. Apollo's seen you fight. He likes you. He wants to fight you. Hey, now when you walk into the ring for the number one heavyweight of the world, you'll be ready. You're gonna eat lightning and you're gonna crack thunder. You're gonna become a very dangerous place. Ladies and gentlemen, Yo, listeners! It's now playing Rocky Retrospective Series. This Balboa thing is interesting. And you want to call it nostalgia, whatever the hell you want, but people can relate to that stuff. Hosted by Arnie. There is no one who can match his strength or his aggressiveness. Brock. You're the man, you're number one. Old people love you, young people love you. You're the man. And Jacob. I must break you. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week as we go with the distance and review all the Rocky films. What's your prediction for the fight? Hey. But be warned, these podcasts contain detailed plot spoilers and mild language. Listener discretion is advised. He doesn't know it's a damn show. He thinks it's a damn fight. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble! Today we're talking about Rocky Balboa, starring... Haven't we been talking about him for five movies now? It's the Rambo thing too, man. Same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Starring Sylvester Stallone, Burt Young, Antonio Tarver, Milo Ventimiglia, Geraldine Hughes, Tony Burton, and directed by Sylvester Stallone. This is Brock, co-host of Now Playing. This is Jacob, the host that podcasts with good old-fashioned blunt force trauma. And this is Arnie, and I just want listeners to know I'm fair, but I'm firm. So many ways. <laughs> I was thinking like a mattress. <laughs> that, that, I was thinking along those lines as well. Anyway, so <laughs> we are back for a sequel to Rocky Five. 16 years I gotta later. I got to stop it right now. Nobody involved in the making of this film wants you to say that this is a sequel to Rocky Five. <laughs> That's why there's no six on this. Maybe you're right. They want you to say, this is the next chapter of Rocky's life, or this is the revisiting of Rocky. But nobody's thinking, Rocky Five. we need to build on that. Well, actually, they pretty much ignored it except for keeping him in Philadelphia, right? So maybe you're absolutely right. And poor. And poor, right, right. He's still... Yes, that's I mean, the only remnants. They do flashbacks to every film but five in, in this one. So, yeah. <laughs> Stallone criticized the Reds in Rocky IV. They got a history of just erasing pieces of history. They didn't want something to be public record. They take it out back and shoot it. And that's what they've done with Rocky V with this franchise. Took it out back, shot it. They're going to pretend it never happened. True to that form, he's directing this sequel again. He's directed all the sequels except Rocky V. Well... Let's take a look at this. I mean, it's been 16 years since Rocky. Who wanted this film? Stallone. He needed a hit. What had he done before this? I remember in the mid to late 90s, there was a huge buzz around him for Copland, like even Oscar buzz for Copland. But that never really paid off to anything. 
And yeah, I mean, before this came out, the last time I'd seen him theatrically was when I went in theaters to see Spy Kids 3D because 3D was novel and I was going to see a 3D movie. But yeah, his career was not doing so well. It had gone the way of Rocky V, his career. When I first heard this movie was being made, I was like, really? And then I heard the script was good. Buzz on the script on the internet was good. And I actually read the first scene on one of these movie sites with Paulie and Rocky at the graveyard. And I was like, you know, that isn't a bad scene. And so when a movie finally came out, I couldn't find anyone to go with me. Nobody wanted to go. And it got to the point where I actually had scheduled to go with my brother-in-law. We go to the theater. He's like, you know what? I'll catch up with you later. What do you mean? I don't want to watch this movie. Why not? Have you seen a Rocky movie? No, I don't want to see this movie. So we watched We Are Marshall instead. And I ended up crawling back to the theater a week later when I got back home to see it completely by myself because no one wanted to see Rocky Balboa. The interest was so low. Even people I grew up with who we watched and we talked Rocky 3, Rocky 4 a lot growing up. They didn't want to see this movie. Rock, I'm the fan. Yes. I loved those first four films growing up as a kid. Mm. I didn't want to see this. Like, by this time, <laughs> Rocky had become such a parody. You mentioned Rocky. It's a punchline for a joke at this point in 2006. I had no desire. I remember I was sitting in the movie theaters. I don't remember what movie it was. I had heard grumblings that there was going to be a new Rocky or a new Rambo film. There's these rumors, but I didn't really keep up with the entertainment rags like I do now because now I'm playing. But I, <laughs> I feel so sorry that we've done this to you. I know. But I remember I'm sitting there, the trailer starts, and I realized that this is a Rocky trailer starting up. And I turn to my brother. I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope because this is my mindset of Rocky at this point. I'm like, I hope this is old Rocky going back in time to fight young Rocky. Rocky versus Rocky. That's the only place this franchise could go. And then they pull up the computer simulation. I'm like, yes, they're going to have young Rocky versus old Rocky. It doesn't go there. But that was my mindset when this film came out. I never saw it. I seen it once. And that was a year or two ago when it was on Showtime or something. I, it was on. I'm like, ah, you know, I, I like those other Rocky films, the old ones. I'll sit down and watch it. And I had that such a mindset that this was just going to be a parody of Rocky. I live tweeted jokes and through the entire movie. So coming back for now playing Rocky Balboa, I really reset my expectations. I talked about, if you listen last week, I did not like Rocky five. I felt the franchise was dead. I've seen this movie once, but I reset my expectations. Uh, can they restitch Rocky together uh, and make him into a gorgeous Frankenstein? I'm willing to give it this movie another chance. Because having watched all the great Rocky films previously for this retrospective, I'm kind of into it now. I'm willing to give them that one more chance to go the distance with this final part of the franchise, for now anyways. One more round. And, you know, one year ago, right about now, Jacob, we were talking Tron. And with Tron Legacy, they had old Flynn versus young Flynn. They could do that. They could maybe yes. have Rocky 7. Yes. Especially with the timeline the way it is, as we've been discussing throughout <laughs> these films. But... When this film came out, I have to say it piqued my interest. And at first, I thought, wow, what a train wreck. And Stallone is really desperate to be going back to that well. And then it came out, and part of me was so interested. I toyed with seeing it in theaters, but I didn't go. And it was one that I'd always wanted to visit to see how could they even try it now with him so old. And I never got a chance to. And... I actually heard good things, which surprised the hell out of me. And based off of those good things, and they went back to the well again, and he did Rambo, which we discussed again just about a year ago, and that worked for me. So 
this film out of the entire Rocky series, I hadn't seen a frame of and is the one other than the original I was looking forward to the most because I really wanted to know what the hell did they do? And I mean, come on, every previous film starts with a montage of the last fight. How could they have the Tommy Gunn street fight and then 16 years pass? Well, it'd only be a couple months though in Rocky time. <laughs> but the sun's now 50. Yes, exactly. So I'm eager to talk about this, so we should probably do one more plot summary for the series, Arnie, before the final bell rings. It's been years since Rocky was a prize fighter, and the years haven't been kind to him. Adrian died several years earlier, and he's estranged from his son, Robert Jr., who feels he's living in his father's shadow, despite being a corporate drone and not a fighter. And Rocky gets by owning an Italian restaurant named Adrian's and still hanging out with drunk brother-in-law Polly and mourning his dead wife, forcing Polly to tour the locations where Rocky and Adrian had their first date. But a computer simulation that pits legendary fighters in their prime against each other changes everything when it pits Rocky against current champ Mason the Line Dixon. Uh, you thought Tommy Gunn was bad. Yeah, all these boxers, they have rage because their parents hate them and name them bad things. <laughs> Dixon is already getting no respect as a heavyweight champ, as boxing has decreased in popularity over the years, and when the simulation has him KO'd by Rocky, it's an insult to his character. But Rocky will not go gracefully into that good night, he feels the need to fight again so he gets approved by the Boxing Commission. He only plans to fight some small fights like he did before his famous, but when Dixon's promoter hears Rocky is going to box again, a great publicity stunt comes to mind, putting Dixon versus Rocky in an exhibition fight. Rocky agrees for the money for himself and for charity, and Dixon accepts, hoping it'll give him legitimacy, though the press disagrees, saying if Dixon wins, he beat up an old man, and if he loses, he loses all credibility. As Rocky trains, he grows closer to... Marie? The little girl on the street corner from the first film who he starts seeing and hires to work as a hostess in his restaurant. And he and his son also grow closer as well, while Polly loses his job in the meat plant. The fight happens and goes the full 10 rounds with both Dixon and Rocky getting their hits in. Dixon has speed, but Rocky has strength. And when the decision comes down, Dixon is the winner and has gained the respect of Rocky but the audience is chanting for Rocky as he leaves the ring. And as the film ends, Rocky, Sr. and Jr. go to Adrian's grave, and Rocky says, Adrian, we did it, as credits roll. So, it was really weird how they did that mon- Oh, no opening montage? What? <laughs> We're moving away from that formula? I don't know how to start the podcast now. Obviously, Stallone had seen Team America. <laughs> I was surprised, though. I really- thought that we would get some kind of wrap up it seemed the rocky thing to do instead we get a brass ensemble playing the rocky theme with one hell of a snare drum yeah they really jazzed it up for this movie yeah i love how they have the marching bands always play rocky's theme rocky's theme isn't just something that exists when he trains for us the audience it actually exists in the rocky universe like the smurfs know their own theme song rocky's <laughs> theme song is actually part of the real world <laughs> they also brought back the do 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 yes frank stallone because nepotism wasn't enough with giving frank stallone a couple of roles in the first two films why not another role here i'm sure he needed the handout but bringing back that's what you said, Brock. Bringing back. They brought this back. I think that's a term we're going to use a lot because I started taking notes throughout this movie. 
how many things do they want to bring back from the first film? And I just started making tick marks. And that was the first one. Bring back that doo-wop song from the first film. There's a real sense of nostalgia with this film. I don't know if they want us to think about the great time we had with that original film or, or what they're going for, but a lot of nostalgia going on. I think you're dead on about that. We see turtles in his apartment. He has turtles again. Again or still? What is the lifespan <laughs> of a turtle? <laughs> yes, I'm thinking still. I think this is still Cuff and Link because this timeline sucks. There's no reality to this timeline. I think the tortoises at least live hundreds of years, but I don't know about little pet shop turtles, but I'm guessing this is still supposed to be Cuff and Link. They never say their names, but yes, the hat isn't the same, but it's a very similar hat. He lost the hat in the 16 years that we've seen him. He also lost his wife. How did you guys feel about the shuttling away of Adrian and the way they write her off? It just seemed like a cliche thing. I don't know if Talia didn't want to come back or Stallone wanted to write the character even lower. We've taken him back to poverty. Now we're going to give him the estranged son and the dead wife. I don't know. It just seems like such a cliche. And I liked Adrian. And so I guess I was sad she was gone. I think Talia Shire is like an MVP of this whole series. Even in the last movie, she had a couple of moments that were okay. But I thought having her dead and having Rocky mourn her is a good move. I think it makes us instantly sympathize with the character. Whereas last movie, we were searching, clawing for a reason to get behind any of these characters. In The Sun, actually, we all seem to like. In this movie, this is an instant way for us to get caught up with this man and instantly feel some sympathy for him. And so while I would have liked to have seen where they were together at this point in their lives, having her dead and having Rocky having to deal with that, that's somewhere to go. That's something to play. That's something dramatic. And that can actually help this movie a lot. So I like the decision very much. Now, I want to say to Jacob's question, Talia came out and said that she didn't want there to be rumors of a fight between her and Stallone or a contract dispute. She was in early drafts of the film. Stallone had a talk with her and said he felt it was best for this film if they killed her for dramatic reasons that Brock just talked about. And when he explained it, she supported the decision and has said so publicly. So it was completely a scriptwriter choice and made with her approval. They couldn't have fit like a flashback into here, though, just to give her a final farewell. Like, that's my problem is this is really the farewell for Rocky, or at least it was planned to be. Maybe when we get to the end, talk about the success <laughs> of this film. But this was supposed to be the last hurrah, the real ending. We're skipping five. Like, I felt it's again, I, I talked about this with the Karate Kid remake. It's just such a cliche that you have the man that's mourning because his wife is gone and i get it brock what you're saying yes they need to bring rocky here it just it feels forced just like when they brought him back to poverty in five i i just wish it was done better i wish we got us at least in flashbacks see talia see where they were with their relationship because a lot of their relationship is adrian saying rocky don't fight it's bad for you you're gonna lose your eye you're gonna get brain damage you're gonna die and Rocky's saying, I'll go to fight. That's all I know. How do they reconcile that? Because there's like years of them, like <laughs> these pivotal moments disagreeing. Like I would have liked to seen how they got to that point where Rocky is really mourning her. I get that they're, they're going to show us a lot of flashbacks from the first film to make us understand that. I wish we could have seen that in the, their more aged years, that relationship grow, even if it was done through flashback. I don't think Rocky may have understood that anyway. Even if Rocky and Adrian were in a really bad spot when she died. Rocky still thinks that his son and him have a better relationship than they actually have. So even if he had the worst relationship in the world with Adrian, now that she's dead, he's only going to focus on the parts he wants to focus on. And I like to go back to the first film, you know, with the whole we fill gaps thing. Even if we saw them when they were fighting, 
you got to think there were some happy moments in those six months, five years, whatever, <laughs> however long the timeline was. That's all I'm saying. I would have liked to see that when they got older. It's easy to say, you know, we're all married. You think about when we're dating. It's easy to think about those as the good times. And then you get married and you have kids and you get mortgages and you got to pay bills and life sucks and it's hard. It's a lot harder to find those good times and remember those. And so if you want to make a statement about someone's love, don't go back to when you're courting each other. You, you got hormones and you're horny and that's easy. Like that's the easy way to show that Rocky's love for Adrian. I would have just liked, I said this in the last film, Stallone to challenge his writing skills a bit more and go a little bit deeper. I agree. And I don't know if it was necessary. I do have those questions. That said, I've always felt like Adrian was kind of the heart of these films because it's really hard to relate to Rocky as a character for me because, first of all, Stallone's not a great actor. Second of all, Rocky's not a great mind. So besides the underdog thing, there's not a lot to root for or connect to. And in some of these films, like you said, Brock, the scenes with Adrian were the scenes that really clicked. So to remove her seemed like an instant step that on the one hand, we're like trying to get back to the original. But on the other hand, we're taking away a key, key element of the original because the first film. That is the first film. Yeah. The first film is about Rocky finding Adrian. And in the end of the ring, he doesn't care about the fight. He cares about Adrian. So mm -hmm. it seems to be taking it away. And yes, Jacob, it is a cliche, but it's a very relatable cliche. I mean, in most marriages, one spouse dies first. I haven't lost my wife through cancer, so I, I guess I just can't relate. And thank goodness for that. We should probably <laughs> yes, add. Yes, yes. But by the same token, when you get to a certain age, there's a lot of widows and widowers out there. So very few couples die simultaneously in fiery car crashes. I get that. I'm just saying, if I was a betting man, I'd put my money on Rocky dying first. The brain damage and all that. Uh, that's all I'm saying. No, no, I put Polly. Polly <laughs> yes, dies first. Okay. I can't believe Polly outlived Adrian. Are you kidding me? The way he lives? That's the real tragedy, is that Polly's still alive. <laughs> <laughs> to shift a little to Polly, I will say, for the first 15 to 20 minutes of this film, I thought Polly was an angel, like, in The Sixth Sense. Because he's standing in front of a headlight, and there's this halo around him, and I didn't notice anybody else talking to Polly except Rocky. And I'm like, is he an angel? Nice. And yeah. then, for the rest of the movie, I thought he was just going to die, because everybody dies around Rocky anyway. If Polly died, I'll get Rocky back in the ring, I got you. I do wonder, you know, it's another cliche, but if you have to have Rocky mourning, might it not have been slightly more interesting to have had his son die? It had been tragic, tragic, tragic if his son died. Especially after five, which they don't want to go back to. But at the end, at least, the implication is that they fixed their relationship, that they're getting along now. So, yeah. And if you could have had Rocky and Talia both together mourning the loss of their son and that anger driving Rocky to get back in the ring and to try to revitalize himself or find some part of himself or work out some issues himself that I could have actually found a little bit better than what we got here here I just felt like they flushed Talia down the toilet and she wasn't ready for that she deserved better than that she got Bonnie Bedelia here I disagree with you about the son dying is a better choice I think it's too tragic to have the young son die the Older woman dying of cancer, as you said a minute ago, is completely relatable and happens to a lot of couples. When a son dies before the parents, although it unfortunately does happen quite a lot, 
it is not expected. It is not one of those things that most people can relate to. It had been put a way too much of a tragic spin on it. For what you just said, Brock, about how you instantly got on Rocky's side because he lost his wife, it would have gone ten times more if when he was at that grave at the beginning, it was he and Adrian at the grave of their son. Everyone would be on his side immediately. Again, I think it'd be too depressing because the movie is about nostalgia, but he's also acknowledging the age of the character and time has gone by. And one of the things that happens when time goes by is that people you love pass away. But kids dying is not one of those things you expect. I'm not saying you expect your wife to die. What I'm saying is it's more of a real reality to most people. And I think it'd been way too depressing to have a young man die. But I think they want us to be depressed. I mean, they spend the first 15 minutes here going around going, wasn't Adrian great? Remember when we went to that ice rink? Wasn't Adrian great? (laughs) Remember when I trapped her in the corner and almost raped her? Wasn't Adrian great? Rocky, forget his restaurant, he should get a bus and do the Rocky Adrian courting tour. That's what you get at the beginning of this film, yeah. (laughs) This is where we first kissed, and this is where the ice rink is all torn down, but this is where we skated. Yeah, I mean, just so many flashbacks at the beginning of this, trying, trying. Remember how great Rocky 1 was? Have those feelings while you're watching this. To me, it almost seems like they're pleading for you to like this film, just trying too hard. Yeah, it really was. Remember, we had good times once, audience, you and me. We can have those times again, audience. Let's just revisit and remind you of these things that you might not have thought of in almost 30 years. I mean, speaking of not thinking of someone in 30 years, they go to Spider Rico. He hangs out in Rocky's restaurant. (laughs) You guys remember Spider Rico? He's the first guy we see Rocky fighting in the first film. I did remember him. For some reason, the name Spider Rico stuck with me, and I mentioned him last podcast, and here he is. Yeah, and he's freeloading. Of all things, too. He's not even... Well, I'm, I don't think he's freeloading. I think Rocky's giving him a handout. I don't think Rocky feels like he's being used by Spider. I think this is something Rocky wants to do. He wants to take care of him because he's old and he's an old friend. It's not like Rico's out there panhandling. Eh, Rocky, give me some potatoes to eat. Sure, Rico wants to do the dishes. He wants to pitch in. Okay. And he gets to say the blessing later in the movie. But I didn't mind seeing Spider there either. I thought that was, you know, of all the people to come back, where was Mr. T? If you're going to bring back Spider and bring back all these other memories, I would have liked to have seen maybe a few more of the fighters too while you're at it. Why not? Or have them at the end fight maybe or something like that. I don't want a Rocky reunion in this film. At this point, they're not bringing back three. They're not bringing back four. They're bringing back one and to some degree two. And that is it. That's right. Three, four, and five do not exist in this continuity. This is just like... Superman Returns with Rocky. Well, actually, on the wall, they have a whole bunch of stuff from Rocky 3 and 4. They have the big big painting in the back from 3, the big watercolor at the end of 3. But those aren't the emotions they're trying to evoke in this. But if you see that painting, Jake... Yes, I know it's from 3, but they don't want us to think of Clubber Lang in this film. Perhaps that was an extreme example of a character to bring back. But my point is, though, that I wanted a little more of that. If you're going to give this to me, give it to me. When I saw the painting in the back of that restaurant, I had a big smile on my face because, yeah... I love that. In the last movie, for example, it had an old Apollo Rocky poster that you could probably get out of like Hot Dog magazine or whatever on Rocky Jr.'s wall. I love seeing that kind of stuff. And so when you're coming back for a nostalgia trip in the beginning of this movie, then give me a little bit more of it. If you're going to go for it, go for it. I completely understand what you guys are saying, and I completely agree with you, but I didn't mind it as much. I kind of enjoyed it coming back to this and seeing how much... Are they going to pepper back in? Here's the thing. If I was a Rocky 1 aficionado, if I was Jacob, 
maybe I'd be getting off on all of this. Like, ah, I remember that. But as a casual guy who's liked half the Rocky films so far, at this point, it's really feeling like you're pandering to an aging audience with an aging star. And it wasn't being done in a clever or fun way. It was literally being done like a bus tour. Yeah, like unless you had just watched the Rocky franchise, I don't know how well all of this works. And I got to say, I realized the reason they don't have a recap at the beginning of this film is because the first 15, 20 minutes is a recap. Is that all it was? <laughs> it felt like double that. The whole film may have been in a recap <laughs> of the first one. Really? And they also bring back Marie. I was mad that they never brought back Marie in the first <laughs> film. And she's all grown up. She did not turn into a whore. She turned into a bartender. Yeah. She's working in the pub that Rocky used to go to, where we see him and Polly hanging out in the bathroom from the first film. Right. Now, when Marie showed up and she said, remember me, this and that, that is when I, I had an eye roll at this first scene when she first popped in. I was surprised they didn't go to a flashback to her saying, screw you, creepo. Instead, they just have Rocky remembering. How does Rocky remember that exact insult? He's like, you never forget a great insult. Okay, but that wasn't one. That was... <laughs> <laughs> It kind of makes sense that this character would still be in the neighborhood, if you think about it. But the fact that they introduced it in the way they introduced her was the first time I felt a little bit of what you guys were feeling earlier <laughs> in the first part of this movie. Listen, I have to say, I am reviewing this film as somebody who's seen the whole film. So when we're talking about the beginning, I'm filtering it through the impressions of somebody who's seen all this time. I was kind of going with it at this point in the movie. Even when Marie comes back, I was still kind of going with it. But having seen the entire movie, yeah, these are the beginnings of the straws that were breaking the camel. Yeah, if it would have stopped after the first 20 minutes, but it just goes and goes and goes with this. Let's bring back all that great stuff that got us that Academy Award. I'm surprised to hear you both say this, especially Jacob, actually. Me too, actually. I thought I'd be alone. I thought, uh, you know, the nostalgia thing, while a little bit heavy handed, absolutely, gives some charm into this movie because this movie is pretty much acknowledging yeah we're very past our prime here and it's flat out calling it out so to have like one more round is what they're doing so if you're not into it you're not into it but so far in the first 20 minutes of this movie as Arnie just said I'm totally going with it up until this Marie part and then the next scene when they actually have a talk in the van I get back on board a little bit more I'm going with it at this point, too. I'm actually enjoying seeing these characters back. I really like in this Marie scene where Rocky's talking to Marie and this hoe bag walks up and asks for drinks. And <laughs> you know what I like about this is we've been watching this scene and everybody's talking like they did in the 70s. And this film felt like it wasn't a 21st century film. Then this hoe comes up and she's talking just like these dumbass people do today. You know what I'm saying? And really, it felt like a caricature of what an old guy would think young people talk like. But maybe I don't hang that around at bars with 20 year olds that much. So maybe they really talk that way. It didn't come off as very authentic to me. Well, I do, Jacob, and they talk like this. No, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 well, this is my impression of them with their, you know, low pants and all that. That was the thing that was missing. But this was the first time I ever felt we were in the 21st century. And it, it may be the last time I ever felt we were in the 21st century, too. Why didn't Rocky give that girl the speech that he gave little Marie? Like, instead, <laughs> he goes and threatens physical violence. Like, what happened to that Rocky with the heart of gold where he tried to talk you into being a good person? Now he's like, get back in there. I'm going to punch you out. 
Well, more to the point, he's like, I, I thought the hoe bag was like hitting on Rocky, but he's then like, don't be a sucker for that guy. And the guy has three girls around. I don't know what the hell that meant. Well, she was trying to play him to get a free round for her yeah. and all her friends. Yeah, I don't think she really was into him. I think she was completely playing or trying to get something for nothing. Yeah, completely. But I like seeing Rocky stick up for Marie. But I got to say, at this point, I was thinking, are they going to try to set up a paternal relationship between him and Marie? Or are they going to try to set up a romantic relationship between him and Marie? Because one of these I'm going to go with and the other one I'm going to rebel against. <laughs> <laughs> Which one were you going to go with, Arnie? I was going to go with paternal because when okay, when good. he goes and beats up that guy a little bit or just pushes him up against the wall, I'm like, he's protecting her. Wouldn't it be nice? He's estranged from his son. Maybe he forms a relationship with little Marie, who he was kind of fatherly with. And maybe Marie and his son hook up. I mean, that would be more age appropriate than him and Maria. But I realize Sly wrote this. He lives in Hollywood. Dating people 30 years younger than you is nothing there. But in the real world, I kind of looked at this as a bit gross. I don't want to date someone who I knew when they were eight. Yeah, they put it out there that Adrian's gone, but she's not gone or something like that kind of line. And I went, phew. Because I don't want to watch this movie either if they're going to fall in love. Of course, later in the movie, there's some mixed signals. But here, they set it up as it's going to be a strictly platonic relationship. And then we introduce to her son there, too. So I'm very happy they went that route instead of... Because also, if he's mourning Adrian in the beginning of this movie, then to have him go around and date another woman in the same movie, that would ring false to me. Okay. But bell puns aside, Jacob, you said that you have a problem with how much this retreads the original. Do you mind if I nutshell it right now? Because this movie is Rocky, a guy living in Philadelphia, getting by without much money, who starts courting a neighborhood girl who he's known for a while <laughs> and then is given a miracle shot out of nowhere to fight the world heavyweight champ in a fight where he goes the distance, and though he loses in a split decision, he still has the moral victory and the girl. Look, Polly calls it out early. You're living backwards, Rocco. And I wrote amen in my notes to that. <laughs> like, when I'm agreeing with Polly, the racist, drunk jerk, and he's getting it right, there's something wrong here. Yes, this is a retread of the first film set 30 years later, I guess. But it all depends how they play it. So I'm willing to go along to see how they're going to play it in this film. But the reason I bring this all up right now when we're talking about Marie is because Marie is Adrian 2, younger Boogaloo. Yes, but she's got nothing on Talia. I'm sorry. She doesn't, but I'm saying that she's written to. No, I agree. They killed Adrian just so they could have Rocky go through every single beat he went through in that first film. And that pissed me off. And, you know, Marie, little Marie's got a, a son, Steps, and that almost feels like that's the new Polly, and Rocky's going to work in, you know, that he's got a rough edge, and he's going to work in with him and get him on his side as well. I'm right there with you. And they have a new Buckus. Yes, a new yes. dog even. Punchy. I think you're on to something, Arnie. But what Jacob just said is absolutely right. It's how they do it, whether or not it's going to work for me as a viewer. I did not see every single beat of the Adrian and Rocky relationship 
with Marie and Rocky here. Yeah, there's no rape scene. Yeah, there's not that scene there. And <laughs> That's true. I was thinking about our first discussion, Brock. This time, they don't have sex. Yes, and yeah. <laughs> and so I still think for the most part of this movie, again, at the end, it gets mixed signals for me. But when they flat out call out that Adrian's not gone, it's not going to I was happy that they weren't going to go there. But you're right. It kind of turns into something else towards the end of the movie. And, and she actually asked him at one point, why are you being so nice to me? Well, yeah, why? I like to know that, too. It doesn't make much sense to me either, because I never really get an overt romantic thing, although it's certainly there. It's not like he's asking her out or watching them go on a date together. I see her at the end of the movie kissing it and her taking the place of Adrian at the fight. It's a lot of the same stuff, but it's not exactly the same. But I think to start off with him mourning Adrian so much and to end the film with him kissing another woman who is cheering for him just like Adrian did. It just undermines the sympathy we're supposed to have at the beginning. And I found the whole thing creepy because he was dictating her and being called creepo when she was eight. And now he is creepy. He is a creep. <laughs> yeah, he is a little bit of a creepo. Now, Rocky mentioned a few times there's thing in this basement I have to get rid of. And could it be a script he's dusting off? <laughs> I'm helping the movie a lot by this, but could it be that one of these things is I'm mourning my wife too much as Paulie was screaming at the beginning of the movie. And now it's time to maybe see if I towards the end of my life, just have something else before I die. Where, where did you see that in the movie? Again, it's not really. He's trying movie, to but... figure out what's in the basement besides a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying that I did not have as big an issue with it because it, for most of the movie, it wasn't flat out overtly a dating situation with these two characters. If they were dating the entire movie, I certainly would be right where you are towards the end of the movie. That really becomes uncomfortable for me. Yeah, I mean, Arnie, you claimed this in the first one that Rocky was the bum with the heart of gold. I didn't really see it that way. I saw him as someone with good intentions, but they never went right. He tries to help Marie. He gets called a creepo. This film, now he is the bum with the heart of gold here. Oh, hey, Marie, let me just give you a better job because, hey, Spider Rico, let me give you free food. Like, that's how he's coming off. And I don't know why he's doing this for Marie, except that's what's in his basement for me, I guess, is a heart of gold. And that's he's just going to help all these people from the first film because the first film was really good. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing is, sure. there's all these people. Why doesn't he buy those people a round of drinks? Well, they weren't in the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> now, you mentioned the basement. Rocky wants to fight again. I never got his motivation. Thank you! For wanting to return to the ring. I've got lots of questions about this. He talks about he has a beast in him that needs to get out. Okay, I've watched five films where Adrian says, don't fight, don't fight, don't fight, but he still fights. Like, if he gave in to Adrian for those five films and never fought, then yes, I could understand why he has this beast in him. But he has done nothing but fight for this entire saga. Why does he still have this fighting beast in him? It doesn't make sense to me. Fighters fight. That's the only excuse they give you, is that fighters only know how to do one thing and fight. But wouldn't you think, you know, he's trying to live in Adrian's shadow by devoting his, all his free time to her doing the Adrian tour. Respect the dead? Respect her wishes that you take care of your body for once and don't get your head pounded in? Like, th this film wants it both ways. Oh, I'm really respectful of Adrian and, you know, she was this great wife and this great woman, but I'm still gonna ignore all the good advice she ever gave me and go on and keep fighting. But he did that 
for all those other movies. So why wouldn't he continue to do it? But here, that's his conflict, I guess, with Adrian is that he's living in the past because of her. It just doesn't make sense to me. I completely agree that this makes no freaking sense why it's happening. Because he saw a video game. So let's talk about that simulation and, and what's going on here then is that the simulated fight between Rocky and this other guy. I don't watch ESPN. I don't know if you guys do. But was this like a slow sports news day? Because it was a fake simulated bad CGI fight. And they talk about it like night after night. Is this how the sports world works? I'm not a big sports person. Maybe I'm wrong here. It just seemed like they gave a lot of credit to this fake fight. I don't think that they do spend this much time on it. I did read that this is based off of like Rocky Marciano and Muhammad Ali had a computer simulation. Yes. I guess in the 70s when computers filled refrigerators. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So they're basing it off of something real and just modernizing it. But yeah, I could see them doing the simulation because that's something geeks would do. And you can buy these EA sports games, right? That have like Mm -hmm. the best basketball players throughout history or your all Madden team or whatever. So I could see this going on. What I couldn't see is entire bars of people watching and cheering the avatars. The reason that bar was so far behind it was because Rocky Jr. was there. They turned it up because he was there, the whole thing. I think that whole scene kind of worked there. As far as your Jacob's question about whether or not they keep talking about for days on end, I think this simulation would completely happen on ESPN, especially like as a thing towards the end of Sports Center or something. The fact that it got so much legs is because of what they were setting up with the character of Mason Dixon being not a worthy champion. And so many people got talking and it got irksome and all that kind of thing. It's kind of like when someone makes a comment in politics that some of these stations take that and run a story with it for a week, too. If it's a nugget of interest, was the sports investigative journalism better in 20? 20- in 2006 than it was in whenever Rocky three happened, because all the criticism that they're throwing at Mason, the line Dixon, he's a paper champion. He's never fought a real contender. Well, we know Rocky was actually like that in Rocky three. Like he didn't fight real contenders that Mickey was setting up all the fights. And when he goes up against a real contender, he gets his butt kicked. But Apollo was a real contender. It just seems like a double standard when Stallone's writing himself as the hero. He could have this shady background. He could be a hitman for the mob or fight not the best boxers to be retain his championship. But now with the young kid, he's the paper champion. We're not going to flush him out. He's going to be the villain. We've talked about this with Apollo and with Clubber Lang. How do you ride this line between... You know, just a plain out villain and a well-rounded antagonist. I just feel, hey, I got five successful, four successful films behind me. (laughs) You're just going to buy it this time. You're not going to remember three where I had the same conflict. Now, let's talk a little bit about Mason Dixon. I felt like, again, we were seeing the Apollo thing all over again. Because at first, I'm like, wow, Mason Dixon is not a bad guy. We are given his side. We see his plight. I felt some sympathy for Mason in this film. And then I realized, just like Apollo in the films, where he wasn't really a bad guy, he was just the opponent. I'm right there with you, Arnie. Like, I wanted an Apollo film. I'm feeling more for Mason this time around. We talk about the theme of nostalgia. I feel like Rocky's the grumpy old man saying, things were better in my day, and you young kids, you young whippersnappers are no good with your rap music and your fancy cars. If they want me to side with Rocky in the old way that the old times were better, they should have given me a more well-rounded vision of the new and tell me why the old way is better than the new way. I like 
Mason the Lion Dixon here. I, I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't know why he gets such a bad rap. I don't think he's made out to be what you just said. They give him these scenes that you guys picked up on, that he may not be a bad person. He's not necessarily you know, a horrible man. He is not given the respect as the boxer that he feels he deserves. I think they do give him some more sympathy than they had to give him in this movie. The fact that he got the little scenes that you did for that character, in my opinion, is remarkable. The fact that he was well-rounded as he was, considering you didn't need to have him that way, you could have made him Drago, but they didn't. So I think we should be happy for the little we got here because people who are coming to see this movie don't want the Mason Dixon movie. They do want the Rocky movie. I think you're both right that he's not a villain villain in this movie, but I don't really feel sorry for the guy. That never crossed my mind once. I kind of do. I mean, he's getting beat up in the media. He's doing the best he can, but they call it out. And this is, I think, a smart choice on their part that boxing now is not what boxing was in the 80s and 90s. When Rocky was at its peak, boxing was at its peak. And I, I almost wonder if Rocky didn't propel boxing to some stardom. I mean, there was Muhammad Ali, but I don't think anybody reached Tyson levels of fame and fortune until the 80s. And Tyson really was the king. For a few years there. Yeah. And after him, it was Evander Holyfield was a big star. And then the George Foreman story, which we talked about last time, there were stories and things to get behind in the early 90s. And Tyson time was what we were talking about last movie about how boxing had changed. But I think it was Tyson that got people out of boxing. Too. I mean, the last big boxing thing I remember is wasn't Tyson biting the ear. I actually I mean, watched that fight live. Yeah, when it became <laughs> like that's when boxing became this like joke that it lost its credibility. I'm not sure when that fight was. It was way after Tyson's prime, and he had already gone to jail, and he came back out of jail. So I, while you say Tyson got people to be behind the sport, I think Jacobs has a good point there that he also may be the reason that people stopped watching as much boxing. I agree. I agree completely. It's funny that now he's in this movie and he's in The Hangover. People seem to have forgiven Tyson, but Tyson and throwing Robin Givens through a window might have been what killed boxing. Oh, he raped a girl, actually, and went to jail yes. for it. Oh, that's right. There's that, too. He's a rapist, so I don't know how good I feel about I knew he was a wife beater. I forgot he was also a rapist. A convicted rapist. Convicted rapist. And I guess allegedly a wife beater. (laughs) How can Dixon win? You know, he's beating up an old man or he's losing and he's really a chump. And the script calls it out and they have no answer for it, though. So he just storms off. I think that if the script were really well written, it would have answered that question in a realistic way. And what would that answer be, Arnie? I'm not writing the screenplay. Let's call Slice. <laughs> yeah, it's a dead end. I think you're right. I'm glad they called it out, too. But it's a dead end. There's no way. There's a scene when the promoters approach Rocky at Adrian's restaurant, and they make a comment to each other. If he fought him in his prime, he'd lose. And there were so many he's, I didn't understand what they were saying. I didn't either. I thought they were siding with Dixon on there. That's how I took it. I had no idea. I'm like, are they siding with Dixon? Are they siding with Rocky? Do they know how to use a, a proper noun? Pro- yeah. I need a proper noun there, people. <laughs> and so it kind of is muddled because they don't have an answer for real about how this could possibly be good at, good for Mason Dixon at all. Besides what the guys kind of, kind of put it off as you get Rocky back in there and engenders people to you and things like that. But I don't think that's true. It's also all about the money. It's going to earn a lot of money. Just like Apollo in the first one, it's all about the marketing. It's not about the fight. I loved how they said 
and part of the proceeds go to charity. Yes. All of it should have gone to charity, people. Rocky needed the money. I think all of it should have gone to Rocky. It's like in part five, he lost everything because he couldn't fight. And now, wait, he can fight again? What about this brain damage thing? He checked out now. It healed. He hasn't worried about the eye for four films, so why are we worrying about the brain damage? <laughs> I mean, that was in a film that they want to forget anyways. I did like that boxing commission scene, though. I liked it a lot. He means Stallone's speech that he gives. What about my rights? What about the Bill of Rights down the street? I should be able to do whatever I want, even if it means an old man's going to get murdered in the ring. Really? You like that? Well, I was going to finish my sentence, then I'll let you know. <laughs> I kind of thought that Stallone's preaching at the end of it was extremely heavy-handed. Yes, thank you. But the guys on the panel saying, you've passed all the tests, you've done everything you're supposed to do, and we're still not giving you a license. That's the right answer. <laughs> you don't put an old man in that kind of situation because it's going to be nothing but bad press. Even if Stallone's impassioned speech about whatever he said, that's a very good point for his side of it. But the fact of the matter is, it makes us look like morons to let you have the license. No one's going to see all the tests. We can say to our blue in the face that he passed everything he's supposed to. You're still 60 years old. So what did you like about this scene? I liked them calling it out. Okay. <laughs> We're talking about how absurd some of this stuff really is. So the script knows enough to point at its own plot holes, but it doesn't know enough to caulk them. Yes. Okay. So we like that it's halfway intelligent. Yes, I like that it calls it out. I like that they know enough that the audience isn't stupid, that they should call it out first, because if they don't, then we're not going to have any enjoyment or any believability at all to the situation. Because this is a fantasy movie. It really is. Like this whole thing, if he wakes up from a dream at the end of this thing, although it's completely hacked to do that, it would make a little more sense. Yeah, it would have explained all the flashbacks. It certainly would. So I think them calling it out here is needed because I do want, deep down, me, the casual fan of Rocky, wants to see Rocky back in that ring. So we have to get him in there. And so for them calling out the absurdity makes it easier for me to swallow that he gets back in the ring later on in the movie. I just didn't like the preaching. Maybe I'm a hypocrite because I enjoyed how blatant part four was in its preachiness that capitalism is better than communism. But I think what you were saying about this scene, Brock, is how I saw four, that it was so over the top that I could go with it. Here, it was just this, what about my rights? What about, you know, I just, uh... I didn't get a political bent off of this, to be honest. I just saw it as a scene that needed to happen. You want to know what I kept thinking, though? is, Rocky, if you'd done this 10 years ago, 15 years ago, maybe Adrian would still be alive because you would have had the money to get her better health care. Maybe if they would have stayed in Russia, they got that socialized medicine. <laughs> Blew it. <laughs> <laughs> or move just a little north to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> but it bothered me that he's been in poverty for 15, 20 years, and he could have gone back to fight any time. That is stupid. That is brain-damaged stupid. But, hey, I guess I just have to, you know, give it that mulligan that Rocky has to fight again, even though, because the last film where Rocky didn't get in the ring got only one recommend, and it was from me. So here, we gotta get him back in the ring somehow, so we're just gonna forget he had brain damage. He can fight again. Where do you get the money for the restaurant? I mean, you know, if you want to talk about plot holes, too. Well, there's been 15 years. And Look, he got a loan to redo the gym, and he saved hey, some that's money right. there. <laughs> Come on. If we're going to fill in the gaps, let's fill in the gaps. Yeah. Right. At some point, he must have sold the gym, right? Maybe he sold the gym and opened a restaurant. Maybe the restaurant is the gym. Maybe Adrian's pet store job really paid off. <laughs>
All right. So during all of this, Rocky is having some estranged relations with Rocky Jr. Played by heroes, Milo Ventimiglia. I didn't like this plot at all. Rocky stalks his son to work. And we get to see Rocky Jr. berated by his jerk of a boss, who then sucks up to Rocky. And it's like, I don't think that in a workplace environment, who your father is is going to be that big a deal for very long. Here's my problem. They fixed the relationship at the end of five. So why is it broken again? I understand that the son is kind of jealous because he's in the shadow of his father. If that's realistic or not, I don't know. But I just don't understand. Was there some falling out with Adrian because they wouldn't go to Canada to get that socialized medicine? And <laughs> Rocky Jr. holds that against it. Like, I got gaps. This film's got gaps. I'd like these gaps to be filled a bit. Did Rocky Jr. keep smoking and give her the cancer? Yeah, secondhand smoke. I mean, come on. At least give us a reason. If there's any dramatic tension, I got to know why they're not father and son anymore so i know when those special moments happen and the relationship is built back up there's some payoff instead of poof magic dust we get along now and the only reason we're given is that when rocky jr got into the workplace he felt like he was overshadowed by his father and that doesn't work for me i want more i think the son is projecting this and i didn't understand why the son has so much frustration either against his father. The movie tries to tell me, and I got more of it because of the constant saying hi to Rocky than you guys apparently did. But didn't he grow up with this? Like, he's had to deal with this his whole life. It's not like it's brand new. Right, and so that's what he's saying. He's constantly living in his shadow. Shouldn't he be used to it by now, though? Like, grow the hell up. I mean, come on. You grew up on the streets through your teenage years. You should have got this figured out by now. And listen, we don't care about the plot. Sly doesn't care about this plot. I don't know why this plot's <laughs> even left in here other than they have to acknowledge he had a son in the previous few films. Because this really gets the short shrift. And literally in a training montage, we also get a reconciliation montage. And this is why this film bugs me. The old way is the best way. The son quits his job so he can help his dad train. That's the best career move? That was built up somehow? I understand that that's going to make the old man feel good, but... Seems like kind of a stupid decision. Actually, what drove me crazy about that decision being so quick was Rocky chews him out in the street about how it's his problem, not his. Dude, he calls him a pussy, basically. <laughs> right there in the street. Like, he's berating him. It's not like he calls him out. It's verbal abuse what he does to him there. And then the next day, he decides, I quit my job. You're right, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I have been a pussy. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Dad, the whole time. It was really, like incredibly stupid that it was right away so it was unearned because also they had the father-son stuff with steps earlier in the movie and that also gets dropped they have it a little bit they go to the dog pound to get the thing and then all of a sudden that gets dropped when these scenes have to come in with rocky's real son yeah the whole thing with steps made no sense including his name being steps wait his last name is stevenson or something his first name is stevenson so he calls him steps for short oh that's what it is yes okay. i thought it was for steps son i don't know no. <laughs> because they have these two different threads that could possibly come together or do a couple of the things about this is the son i don't have right now so i got a chance for this and that i maybe i can learn from this relationship I mean, whatever kind of thing they may or may not have been going for both things were left hanging there's just too many things going on here hey i want to get in the rocky time machine and go back and tell sly how to fix 
four of Jacob's problems with one line. You get Steps giving Rocky a little speech about how to relate to a youth of this day and age, and Rocky then turns and applies it to his son. Bam! It's all paid off, and Rocky gets one way to learn the new way is better than the old way. Arnie, I want to kiss you. After yelling at you about five, <laughs> we reconcile. <laughs> Are you back on board for now playing, Jacob? Back on bo- I'm all back right, on board for now playing. <laughs> Jacob, Arnie loves you. <laughs> <laughs> so Rocky sets up the fight, and I love, again, how we got Duke back. Yeah. The real Duke, not the other Duke, but the real Duke. <laughs> Who was Duke training? Was I the only one confused? Because at times it seemed like Duke was training Dixon, and at other times Duke was training Rocky. Yeah, there's a scene early on where it looks like it's taking place in Rocky's gym between Duke and Dixon. Yeah. Like it was early in Dixon's career or he's going back to Duke who used to be his trainer. I have no idea. And then Duke flat out calls out Rocky doesn't have speed. He has arthritis. I loved that scene. Oh, I'm right there with you, Brock. It took me back. I think Mission Impossible started this where you have the impossible thing. You you can't walk on the ground because that's an alarm. And if the temperature goes up, an alarm goes off. Like you have that impossible scenario. They did in all the oceans film as well. Like that's what this took me to. You know, (laughs) you don't have speed. You don't have any of this stuff. You're just going to have to beat the freaking hell out of him with your fists. Like, it's all about brute strength. Like, Arnie, you talked about, and Brock, I, I think you were with Arnie on this with Rocky Five when they say, my ring's outside. Like, that got you into it. Like, Duke's speech here. As much as I've not enjoyed this film a whole lot, I liked this scene. Let's start building some hurting bombs. <laughs> I kind of liked it. I did think, though, that it could work because to go back to Mike Tyson, there's one fight way after Tyson was past his prime that I saw where I'll never forget it. Tyson was fighting this giant Frenchman named Francis Bothois. And I'm like, Tyson is going to knock him on his ass. <laughs> and this fight goes on for like eight rounds. And Bothois, he's a big white guy. and He's tall. And he pummels Tyson for eight rounds. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, wow, is Tyson on drugs? Why is Tyson not winning this? And then Tyson connects one punch and both was KO'd. And that's all it took is Tyson is that strong that it may take eight rounds, but he will punch you once and you will fall. And so I went with this. If Rocky punched Dixon once and Dixon fell... That would be all it would take. Talk about nostalgia. I got into this training montage. I, they oh, yeah. they redo everything. He's running with the dog. He's drinking the raw eggs. He's punching meat. You know what, though? I'm enjoying this. Like, it's the Rocky thing to do. We talked about what do we want in a Rocky film? Like, I don't necessarily need the boxing match, but I need that training montage. And I really, I think it's because this training montage had such a great intro that I got pumped. The music came on and I enjoyed this montage. Hell yeah. It was a very short montage. I was surprised. Yeah, and they brought the Gunna Fly Mount back, too. They really did it well. I had a really great time with the scene. It was fun to watch. If you're not going to go with anything else in this movie, one more time. One more time. And they gave it to us. It was great. You know, I got to give Stallone some props for getting in the physical shape he's in in this film. Mm-hmm. By the same token... Once people reach a certain age, being that strong becomes creepy. And all I was thinking about was Lloyd Bridges and Seinfeld. <laughs> Mendelbaum, Mendelbaum. I love, though, when he put his fist up to the people's chins, how massive he looked. Yeah, I think he was great shape for this movie, but yeah, a little creepy. He was a little saggy, even though he had a six pack. He still seemed to be looking saggy, too, at the same time. 
when 50 years old you reach look as good, you will not. That's true, I won't. <laughs> I did like the montage, and I kind of liked how they didn't really call it out that Rocky didn't have the money for full training, but yet you see him working out with beer kegs and things, so it calls back to those early films without being too talky about it. So we get to the... It looked like the weigh-in, finally, right? <laughs> we finally get yeah. a weigh-in. <laughs> finally! You've wanted a weigh-in throughout this entire franchise, and now you're getting it. Finally, and they exchange words, and they have, if my rings outside was in every commercial for Rocky Five, and every commercial for Rocky Balboa, which pretty much sets the tone for the movie as well, is, uh, what's that from, the 80s? That's probably the 70s. Oh, there's the theme of this film, wrapped up in a line. <laughs> there you go. But in the context of the scene, I did enjoy it. I liked Stallone's take on it, too. It worked in the context of the scene completely for me. I liked it a little bit. Now, let me ask you guys, when you first saw this, who did you think was going to win? Because I thought Rocky would win. It's a Rocky film. He's only lost once. I figured he would come out triumphant. He's lost twice. All right. At the end of the film. (laughs) I honestly don't remember, but I think I was probably assuming Rocky would win because that's what these films do now. And when I first watched this, it wasn't like I had watched all the other films weeks before like i had this time so i'm noticing all this stuff from the especially the first film so that i should have gotten that hint but you know if this was my first time watching that i probably would have figured that out but when i originally watched this i probably assumed rocky was just gonna win i also read that they filmed all four possible endings for this there's four possible endings rocky wins by ko rocky wins by decision dixon wins by ko Dixon wins by decision. Do you think they just did that, though, so there wouldn't be any spoilers? Because a lot of times things leak out from the production people. And I know a lot of times in movies and TV, they'll film extra scenes to throw people off. I know this has been done in the past. I completely think that's what's going on. Absolutely. I think that may be it. I also wonder if they went with test audiences and saw what they think. But in the end, maybe not test audiences because they just replay the beats exactly from the original again. He goes the distance. He loses split decision, but he doesn't care because he got what he needed emotionally from the fight. He got the crap out of his basements. He he did some spring cleaning in the basement. Right. Got out the beast. No more beast. And at the end of the second to last round before the other round, whereas Mickey says, stay down, stay down in the first movie, here his son tells him, you got nothing else to prove, whatever, and Rocky says, no, I gotta go. Like, so it's kind of a similar beat there, too, absolutely. But this time, he just flat out walks out of the room. He doesn't care what the decision was. He just walks right out. Let me give a compliment to this before I go off what you just said, Brock. Because I enjoyed this fight. You know, they actually used real punching sound effects. It looked... Much more authentic than previous films. I love the way it was filmed because they changed the quality of the film. And because I'm watching this on my TV, I actually at times forgot I was watching a movie because it was filmed just like the pay-per-view fights I used to watch. And I got to give it so much credit. Yeah, except when they go black and white, except for the blood or the yellow on the robes. Then I thought I was watching a perfume ad. Yeah, or, or because the old ways are better, black and white. No, but Rocky's a dick. Wasn't this film the only thing Dixon had? The only reason he should have agreed to this fight was to show that he was a real champion, that he could get respect. And Rocky just walks out before they even announce the winner. 
Like he totally, re- this is all about, I'm the old guy. Frank Sinatra is better than your young hip hop that you're coming out to. You know, Rocky comes out to a Frank Sinatra song. It's so disrespectful. Like I hate Rocky at the end of this film that he just walks out and here's the young kid who really, this was a no win situation for him. And Rocky just snubs his nose in it, just rubs his nose in it by walking out. Where's the speech from Rocky for? Hey, this kid fought with a lot of heart. He's a real champion and the people cheer for him. Like what a dick. I'll take it the opposite way. He's giving Dixon the spotlight rather than standing there and sharing it. No, everyone's yelling Rocky. No one cares about Dixon. They're all yelling Rocky. He actually says to Dixon, you have heart champ. Gives him a compliment before he leaves the ring. He doesn't completely diss him. Yes, but does the audience hear that? Does the crowd there? No, none of that. Like this was Dixon's chance to prove himself to boxing fans and and Rocky. I just felt totally disses him. He steals the spotlight, walks out. But he doesn't try to. No, he's just a dick. I mean, he, he's been a bad <laughs> father. He's just kind of a jerk <laughs> at this point. I don't know that I agree with that. I think that the beast is out and he's just leaving because he's done. I don't see it as a diss to Dixon. Dixon was in a no-win scenario no matter. The audience is cheering for Rocky there because Stallone wants us to be cheering for Rocky. I'm not. I'm like, he lost. Okay, well, it was an exhibition fight. It's not like it would have ended with him being champion. But what did this prove? Is that when you're over the hill, you can still go the distance, but you just can't win? Well, actually, the guy broke his hand. Probably because Rocky has a metal hip because he's so old at this point. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he hit the hip is what they said. (laughs) (laughs) He said uh, he has bricks in his gloves, too, and things like that. But the only reason Rocky, in my mind, was in it so long was because Mason's hand was broken. Well, he broke it in the fight. It's not like he broke it in the trunk out back while trying to get somebody out. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, like Marvin Berry. Yeah. But I like the fight scene. I like the whole thing. I like that Rocky doesn't have the killer punch anymore. He still hurts, but it's not like big bomb that gets Mason on the floor every time. I just felt that hand-breaking thing gave Rocky a real chance to be in the fight, which is probably what, in reality, quote-unquote, he probably needed. And I'm not sure I'm 100% with, would he get licensed anyway, etc. But it just kind of seems to me that the fight would have stopped in an exhibition if the guy broke his hand. That's all. But you needed that for the plot. And for this, as far as being a dick at the end, Jacob, I don't know. I didn't really get that there. I understand your point. I just think the crowd train, Rocky proved what he needed to prove. He got out. He said kind words to the guy and got the hell out of there. I did read somewhere that when they were filming this, the crowd actually started chanting Rocky on their own. Yeah, it was shot at a real boxing match because for whatever reason, they did it during a real pay-per-view event. And they didn't plan on when Rocky walks out, they just all started cheering for him and stood up and cheered him on. And yeah, that wasn't planned at all. And that kind of made me happy when I read that. <laughs> I don't know why he's a fictional character, but it really made me happy. T- and so I was wondering what parts that actually was, if it was both times or whatever, because they do chant Rocky a lot. So here we go. One last time. Here comes the bell. Jacob, Arnie, do you recommend Rocky Balboa? Jacob. I'm actually kind of two minds about this. And I had to think a lot about this one. Because story-wise, I don't like this film. If you pay attention to what's going on, this is all about the old ways better. I'm an old man. I know better than you. You young kids with your rap music. You know, that just rubs me the wrong way. It, it seems almost like too much of Stallone. You know, what were his hits after this? Rambo, another going back to an 80s franchise. The Expendables, which was a throwback to 80s action films. I'm ready to move on. And I'm sorry, Rocky. I'm ready to move on from you because... I'm ready for something new here. We made so much fun of these recaps from film to film to film because we're like, we got VCRs, we got DVDs. We don't need to see the end of the last film to remember it these days. 
I got a DVD player. I could throw in Rocky whenever I want. I don't need Rocky Balboa to remember what I really liked about this franchise. On the other hand, if I go in and I just want to enjoy this film, I can if I don't want to think about all that stuff. So what do I go with? The brains or the bronze on this recommend? In the end, I'm going to say skip it. I'm going to say not recommended. I just don't like the tone of the film. That is such a nostalgic trip. I get that you want to do a farewell film. I just think it could have been smarter, that it could have really said something about aging and aging with grace and stepping the hell aside and letting the new generation take a crack at the world. So not recommended. Arnie. I was right there with Jacob on everything he said until he got ageist and is like, ah, old baby boomers get out of the way so I could take over. This film is ageist. <laughs> that's, that's why it got me so upset. But I'm also of two minds of this film. I mean, I understand that publicly Rocky Five is a black eye and that you may want to take his biggest original character. I mean, whether Rocky or Rambo's bigger, he created Rocky. Rocky's his baby. So maybe wants to take him out on a high note and maybe wants to revitalize his career in the process. Going back to the well, trying to mend fences, whichever. And I really respect the concept here that they started with five by bringing back Alvinson is trying to get Rocky back to his roots and away from the 80s glam look. I like almost every decision in this film, but what I don't like is the how of what they did. And it turns out, I did some reading, and the original cut of this film was two and a half hours long. That was Stallone's director's cut. And the studio was like, hell no, trim it down 100 minutes. And so Stallone had to cut, you know, a third of the movie almost out of it. And I think a lot of our whys would be explained in there. Did I want this movie to be another hour of talking? And like the brain damage, there's a cut scene where they say, oh, you were misdiagnosed and you never went for a second opinion. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, man. <laughs> so wow. they know it's a hole and they went with it. But is that what we want? In the end, the film as it's th released, I can't recommend because there's too much stupid shit. <laughs> there's just too many shortcuts and too much what the bleep. So, no, I can't recommend this. And I don't know if I could recommend a two-and-a-half-hour cut because you still got the same nostalgia trip. And like Jacob just said, you can pop in Rocky 1 and get the same experience better. I don't know why you'd need this kind of a redux. I'm shocked that Jacob the fan is not recommending it. I'm also shocked that I'm not because I went in hearing good things about this one, and I don't see them. All I see is washed up characters redoing their glory days hits and so no not recommend and arnie that's why i was of two minds for because i am the fan and i do have you know I, I criticized all the nostalgia in this film but i have nostalgia for rocky but in the end i gotta go with good storytelling and that wins out over my love for the character mm. i am going to recommend it it's a weaker recommend than i thought i was going to give to it the first time i saw this movie it had been many years since I saw a Rocky movie in, in, in its entirety, as we talked about already on these podcasts. I don't sit down and watch Rocky movies. I watch them in pieces and parts. So to watch this movie the first time, I had a really, really fun time with it. I, I went with it much more. This time, a lot more of the flaws of this movie popped out at me, but I was still able to go with it. I still liked most of it. I have a lot of problems, and, and a two-and-a-half-hour cut probably would explain the sun stuff, would probably explain steps, all these things that I find head-scratching to me. But the bottom line is, sometimes you sit back and enjoy a movie, 
And I did enjoy most of this movie. I was confused at the end with the Marie thing. As I mentioned before, I was confused with why certain characters were here and why they weren't. But at the end of the day, I had a good time watching this movie and I got into the fight at the end to an extent. Not as much as I would say with the Clubber Lang fights or even the Drago fight, which is fun to watch too, even in that flawed, flawed movie. So yeah, I recommend it. It's a weaker recommend though. You guys make fantastic points about this movie and everything you're saying is pretty much true. So for me as the casual fan, I enjoyed this movie as a way to go out more than Rocky Five and Rocky Four. This is much more of what I want from a Rocky movie. I really kind of enjoy this movie more than I didn't enjoy it. So it gets a recommend from me. So that concludes our Rocky retrospective. Looking back on the series as a whole. Yeah, I can say out of all of them, I didn't recommend four. But I bought all of the movies for this retrospective. I could see myself going back to all of them except for two and six. I just don't see any time when those would go back into my player. You know, I'm glad we covered it. This is a important series. I don't know that I want him to do any more, though. I hear Sly talking and he was planning on doing Rocky 7. But after the Expendables, now he's focused entirely on Expendables 2, but he says Rocky will return. What? Her talk of Rambo was recently dropped as well, but where would you possibly go with Rocky? There's nowhere to go. I'm right there with you, bro. I mean, there's no point. Rocky, I- I'm not going to deny it, pop cultural icon. Like, and maybe I'm such a fan just because of that pop culture element. Like, it's you mentioned Rocky, people know what you're talking about. This was as good a swan song as we're going to get with this character. We're going to see him hitting some, you know, young boxer over the head with his cane. You know, maybe he'll <laughs> mount the boxing glove to the end of the cane like they did with the boxing gloves at the beginning of Rocky Four on their wooden dowels as they pushed him forward. It's done. And I think, Arnie, you'll agree that we liked a lot of the surrounding characters in a lot of these films more than Rocky. Like, the only time I really liked Rocky was in that first film. And then I was more into Adrian and Apollo and... Polly and Clubber Lang, like, I wanted their stories. I don't need Rocky as a central focus anymore. Go off into parody and satire, and I'll be happy. I'm okay with Rocky in that realm now, from now on. I don't need another Rocky film to wrap this up. You know, the end of this movie, the very end of this movie, they have a whole bunch of kids running up the steps of the museum, like Rocky does. And I was thinking to myself, do these kids really know what they're doing? (laughs) I was thinking, is this the cast crew and their kids? I don't, I have no idea who the kids were. I like the adults doing it. I've been to Philadelphia many, many times, but I've never visited those steps and or that museum. But yeah, if I'm ever there, I'm certainly going to do that. Why wouldn't I? As Jacob just said, it's a pop culture thing. And I love the last image being Rocky on top of those steps because it's a good image for this series. Uh, but to end it with that is where you should end it. It is a place in our film history. And what a better way to end a series than to have a cheesy, fun, People running up the steps like Rocky do because that's in our memory. And I think it's a great thing to watch. So if you make a seventh movie, it completely would be superfluous. And you asked before at the beginning of this podcast, who really wanted Rocky Six? Who really wants Rocky Seven? I don't think any of us want Rocky Seven. Even the critics who gave this movie a good review and the positive response from audiences, none of us want a Rocky Seven. He should just put shorts up in the locker and call it a day. The only thing you could do is if you want a cash grab and you want to try a franchise, you make him the Mickey. You can't make Rocky the central character anymore. You gotta make him the Mickey. They tried it in five. They wouldn't follow through with it. 
That's what they'd have to do to continue the franchises, have Rocky the next generation. And have someone that could write. I don't want to see Stallone write another script. Well, Stallone's not done with Rocky. Word just came out in this past month that he's taking it to Broadway. (laughs) Right. Oh, that's a great idea. Spider-Man showed us that anything's viable on the Great White Way. (laughs) I I gotta believe it. this is all because of Spider-Man. I mean, that play was famous or infamous, whatever you want to call it, before anyone had even seen it, just the rumors that were going around. And I, I hear on Marvelicious, you could hear a review of that actual play. I think Rocky's going for the same thing here. I, I just think there's a camp factor of, you know, having some Stallone wannabe mumbling his way through a show tune. <laughs> yo, Adrian, yo, Adrian. Yeah, you know, oh, come on. I just think it's terrible that Disney already wrote a song for Hercules called Go the Distance. Now, Rocky can't sing that. Oh, gosh. And Michael Bolton sang that also, I believe. <laughs> so it's even double bad. You know, I can just see right now they have a Stairmaster on the stage, but look like a Philadelphia Museum steps. And the poor Rockies keep running up the Stairmaster to keep going, keep going, keep going. I can visualize this in my head. Okay, you laugh, but they did that with Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. There was a treadmill on the stage. And they'd have Spider-Man running on it. And the treadmill actually rotated, so he'd appear to run in different directions. Amazing. Wow. (laughs) Wow. The lyrics in my head right now are just, like, bursting. You know, you have, like, Stallone saying, the guy who's playing Rocky say, Yo, Mick, this fight could be a blunder. I want you to eat lightning and crap thunder. The possibilities, folks, are endless on how bad and stupid this is going to be. But on the other hand, if I'm in New York when it's on Broadway, I will go see it. I will not. <laughs> I just got to say, you know, you think about the people who are going to be singing songs in here. Uh, a Stallone wannabe, uh, Rocky, Mickey, Polly, Mr. T, uh, uh, Ivan Drago. I mean, literally, this is going to break an auto-tuning machine trying to make this <laughs> so you can actually understand what's being said. They got to have the 80s breakdancing music for when the uh, sex robot comes out. I mean, <laughs> you're thinking they do the entire Rocky saga. Oh, you're not- oh, how, how can you not do the entire saga? saga as a broadway musical i think it has to be the first movie and it would have yeah. to be a reimagining but i'm reimagining this with all the best elements of all the movies in it sex <laughs> robots russians mr t i mean let's make this happen and the more i talk about it, the more excited i actually get hey you want to know what my prediction is for this play pain it will never happen oh okay <laughs> i thought you were going with the uh, mr t joke again of course you did <laughs> All right. Well, enough looking back. Let's look forward. It's a new year, folks. So this is 2012, year of the superhero film. So let's put the old boxer to bed and look at characters created in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. (laughs) Before the world ends. Let's make sure we get this in 2012. Well, we've kind of taken some breaks recently. We did Rocky and just a couple months ago, we did Hannibal and Thing and all these other movies. But, Jacob, time's running out. Avengers is five short months away. It's time to put some pedal to the Marvel Comics metal. So what's up? What's next? Next is... More TV movies? <laughs> Actually, yes! Oh, I'm just... Stuart, I can hear him screaming from here. <laughs> and we are going to be doing the Avengers in two little batches. The first is what we're calling Avengers, Some Assembly Required. Oh no, that sounds bad. (laughs) And it's going to be the Avengers movies before Marvel Comics got a hold of them and started reining them in. 
So next week, we're going to be going with David Hasselhoff to the Helicarrier, Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've I've seen part of this. I mean, it's legendary. It's the Hoff with Rocky brought down the Berlin Wall, dancing atop it. And And now he's bringing down cheeseburgers. Yes. (laughs) Then finishing out January is Captain America, the Two television movies from the 70s, followed by the 1990 direct-to-video film starring J.D. Salinger's son. Which I will be watching on my VCR because I own it on VHS tape. And I will be watching my director's cut on Blu-ray. And then we're going to finish off the series in first week of February with Doctor Strange. (laughs) Believe it or not, he is an Avenger in the comics. I know that. I didn't know he got a movie. When, what, what decade is this one? Another television movie from the 70s. <sighs> really? Didn't I just rail against nostalgia? <laughs> and then after that, we've got two weeks of Ghost Rider with Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. And then we just ride it all out to Avengers as we look at the Incredible Hulk from the original pilot TV movie to the 380s TV movies to the Ang Lee movie. And then we get to the Marvel Universe proper with Iron Man and on. Stuart, there's a bright light. Iron Man is coming. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll try to watch along with you guys. And if I have some comments to share, I might do so here and there on the Facebook page, like many of you do, as well as the forums and our... You can find a link for the forums on our homepage, nowplayingpodcast.com, where you can also find the archive section where you can find many of our Marvel podcasts that we've already done. But, of course, you can find the Rambo films and the Karate Kid films and the Terminator films and the Star Trek films and all the other series we've done over the past few years all in the archive section at nowplayingpodcast.com. And don't forget, it's a new year. It's a great time to donate. We would always appreciate your donations to help keep us on the air. I know we did a donation drive a few months back, but, you know, the new year is a great time for giving, and we really would like to keep doing this, and it's your support that allows us to. So if you go to nowplayingpodcast.com and go to the bottom, there's a little donate button, and uh, you can ring that bell and put a little donation in our bucket. Okay, so it's time to turn the lights off on the gym. Guys, it's been a lot of fun. We'll talk to you all soon. I can't believe this has happened. I can't. And I just want to say thanks to Apollo for fighting me, Apollo. I want to thank, thank Mickey for training me. Most of all, I want to thank God. This is the greatest night in the history of my life. I just want to say one thing to my wife who's home. Yo, Adrian! I did it! Thank you for listening to this episode in the now-playing Rocky Retrospective Series. Why this fighter of limited ability has gained such popularity is such a mystery. Come back to NowPlayingPodcast.com each week as we get in the ring and review another Rocky film. When I leave you, you'll not only know how to fight, you'll be able to take care of yourself outside the ring. Mickey loves you. And in the NowPlayingPodcast.com archives, you can find reviews of other films such as Rambo, The Karate Kid, Terminator, Total Recall, X-Men, and many more. It makes a man a better man. We wish to educate your country. And while at NowPlayingPodcast.com, be sure to join our forums where you can discuss these films with other listeners. 
Don't listen to it, Rocky. No, do listen to it, Rocky. You can also follow Now Playing on Facebook and Twitter, where we post announcements of new episodes, and where the hosts post movie mini-reviews. Links to our social media pages are at nowplayingpodcast.com. Very American. It's very smart. And remember, after this show, I'm your favorite. What favorite? Support from listeners like you help keep Now Playing operating. You can find a link to donate using PayPal at the bottom of our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. Mr. Castle says I should get the 200 to break your thumb. You understand? Please, huh? Please. Give me some money. You can also show your love of Now Playing Podcast by shopping in our store, where you can buy Now Playing t-shirts, coffee mugs, mouse pads, and much more. The link to our Cafe Press store is available on our homepage. What are you going to do with the money? Well, the first thing I got to do is I got to pay the rent, you know. Now Playing's Rocky Retrospective series is edited by Carlos and Arnie. Don't worry. (laughs) I'll clean it up for you, bully. Now Playing is not affiliated with MGM or United Artists, and no infringement is intended. Seems like lately everybody wants to beat me up. The opinions expressed on Now Playing are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinion of Inganza Media Incorporated. I pity the fool, and I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. Now Playing is a Vinganza Media production, copyright 2011, all rights reserved. It's over. It's all over. You did me. And this is Arnie, and I just want listeners to know I'm fair, but I'm firm. In your butt. So many ways. <laughs> I was thinking like a mattress. <laughs> I was thinking along those lines as well. Okay, then I'm just thinking of Arnie's butt. You did me. I think Rocky Balboa was actually the first Sylvester Stallone movie I ever saw in the theater. Wow. I think, that, I think that's true. I really do. I'm trying to think now, going quickly over his movies. Yeah, I didn't even see Demolition Man in the theater. Or Cliffhanger. Judge yeah, Dredd? I did see Judge Dredd in the theater. So there it is. Judge Dredd was the first one. Thank you, Jacob. Totally forgot about that one. As other people <laughs> we, have we, as well. all, we all try. Yes. <laughs> Judge Dredd was the first one I saw. Ants? Right. Didn't see it in the theater. <laughs> oh. That would only be hearing Stallone, though. So. <laughs> yeah, don't want to talk about ants. Anyway, so, wow. You did me. He also lost his wife. And how do you guys feel about <laughs> Nice the- transition there, Arnie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Lost his hat. He lost his wife. Whoa! <laughs> I'm trying to get this back on track somehow. I don't want to go into wow. the wardrobe discussion. I'm like, <laughs> oh man, wow, big character in the movie. We're just fl- flipping transition to her. <laughs> All right. Well, he also lost his wife in the. <laughs> I like the first take better. Yeah, the first take is great, but you could cut off right interrupt you. Yes. For okay. But Jesus. How did you guys feel about... <laughs> you did me. But for what you just said, Brock. Yes. I almost called you Brocky. Yeah. <laughs> go right ahead. You did me. If you're going to go go for it, go for it. You know, if Spider Rico, go, fine. Go for it. Yes. Right. You need to break out this your That's what I'm saying. I, I didn't really mind all this. You did me. She did not turn into a whore. She turned into a bartender. Yeah, just a few steps away from a whore. (laughs)
<laughs> we just lost our bartender yeah, audience. There goes our pub audience. Thanks, Jacob. Sorry. There was I, I mean, somewhere she's, she's, she's working in the pub the- that Rocky used to go to. You did me. Batting her eyes, quote unquote, but doing it in the 21st century way. <laughs> Showing some leg, I could say. Uh, to get but it. in a 21st century way. In a 21st way. century way. Exactly. Exactly. You did me. Morning Adrian, beginning of this movie, then to have him go around and date another woman in the same movie, that would ring false to me. Okay. But bell puns aside, you know, Jacob, you said you have a. <laughs> <laughs> like Jacob a couple of months ago. I was hoping that would just slide in, but it's not as fun if you call it out. But yeah, okay, go ahead. <laughs> That's one of the bloopers in the Fright Night 3. There you go. Um, you did me. Fighters fight. And writers write, always. You did me. Peter, I forgot he was also a rapist. A convicted rapist. Convicted rapist. And I guess allegedly a wife, Peter. <laughs> allegedly. We have to cover our asses. Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, we don't want anyone coming after us. For... This is where that disclaimer at the end, those words are your own, Brock, so they can sue you. So when I say he's a convicted <laughs> rapist, uh, he's going to come after me when I'm actually just speaking the truth. No, that's fine. It's 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 the wife, alleged wife I, beater. I didn't say that, Arnie. <laughs> oh, that was you me. <laughs> Look, Ty- Tyson. <laughs> Tyson can threaten to sue me all he wants. I don't got nothing. I'm like Rocky and Rocky Five. <laughs> so you did me having some estranged relations with Rocky Junior, played by heroes Milo Ventimiglia. Didn't That's already... where I know that son of a bitch from. Oh, really? You didn't catch that? I didnn't place him, and I didn't recognize him. Yeah. Yeah, that's where he's from. Uh, and around the same time, too, right? Didn't Heroes yeah. start? Yeah. Yeah, so. You did me. And yeah, the whole thing was stick never made any sense. Steps. Steps. Whatever. Stick is, stick is Electra. <laughs> the whole thing was step made no sense. Steps. You did me. Well, he broke it in the fight. It's not like he broke it in the trunk out back while trying to get somebody out. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like Martin, Marvin Barrett. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. That but, would have been funnier if you hadn't called it out, too. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's... You did me. It would be spending money about as wisely as he did in Rocky Two. You had to go back there. <laughs> That's just cold. I know you're gonna cut just cold. Just like hating our audience. That's just wrong. There will be no re-review. Rocky no. two sucked. Oh nice. wait, there was a split decision. Judges said two to one, Rocky two one. Yes. Uh yeah. You did me. 